We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Evans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. It's episode 378, titled 2023 NFL Draft Review, rounds two and three. Last week, I broke down round one in great detail. This week is rounds two and three. And then to close out the NFL Draft coverage, next week is rounds four to seven. So a lot to break down. It's going to be a jam-packed episode, longer than my usual structure, but there's a lot to cover. I want to make sure that I don't brush over anything too quickly. A few shout outs. Don't forget, first, my May promotion for this month is 23% off any roster call over on Google Meet, 30 minutes or one hour. 30 minutes is normally $30, one hour is normally $50, but 23% off for the month of May to celebrate the 23 draft and 2023 rookie class. And then, second, shout out to Vince, Logan, and Abraham for joining Patreon. Your support means a ton. If you want to become a member of my online community, simple click on a link that says join patreon in my episode show notes head to patreon.com download mobile app on your phone for immediate access to one bonus episode per week as well as unlimited direct message ability to send me questions trade ideas anything like that over on the platform it is only one dollar per show at a minimum so four or five dollars a month if you can pledge more it helps me out a ton behind the scenes Last week, my quarterback rookie rankings post-draft were published. This week will be running backs, followed by wide receivers, then tight ends in a top 50. Those are only available over on Patreon in both episode and Excel spreadsheet form with tiers, real-life draft capital, everything you want in a snapshot from an Excel spreadsheet to reference, visualize, etc. So here we go, NFL draft review for 2023 in rounds two and three. Let's get right to it. At pick 2.33, it was Will Levis, quarterback to the Tennessee Titans. He's 24 in June, a bit older for a quarterback prospect. 6'4", 229. He slid much farther than expected due to a toe injury that could require surgery at some point. And factors surrounding his team interviews about his personality that apparently rubbed a few GMs and head coaches the wrong way with his ego. All things considered, the Titans are a favorable destination with Ryan Tannehill entering his age 35 season and a contract year, not to mention third rounder Malik Willis from 2022 looking to be more of a backup than NFL starter as well based on what we saw limited sample size, of course, last year. How soon Levis gets the call in Tennessee is up in the air. He brings a dual threat skill set to the field. He had 312 collegiate rushes with an absolute cannon for an arm, a career 64.9 completion percentage rate. 
in school with questionable decision-making from his 46 to 25 touchdown interception ratio with both Penn State and Kentucky. He's firmly in the mid to late first round conversation for the sake of super flex rookie drafts, but I've seen him slide to as late as the mid second. So he's a bit polarizing, but if you miss out on Young, Richardson, or Stroud, then Levis is a nice sound alternative, even Hennon Hooker for that matter, more to come on him soon. 2.34, Sam Laporta, tight end, Detroit Lions. He's only 22, 6'3", 245. Laporta is an excellent short and long-term replacement to TJ Hawkinson for the Lions at tight end. Sam was a post-combine riser after his 4.5940. He thrived with Iowa in 2021 and 2022 with receiving logs of 53, 670, and 3, and then 58, 657, 1. He's viewed as a strong pass-catching tight end prospect while a work in progress as a blocker that could limit his initial NFL snaps. Regardless, Laporta has a realistic shot at becoming the Lions' third or even fourth weapon on offense behind the likes of Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery, until or even when James Williams returns from his suspension. Pick 2.35 was Michael Mayer, tight end, Las Vegas Raiders. He's 22 in July, 6'4", 249 pounds. I was shocked to see Mayer be the third tight end drafted in this year's class. Even so, the Raiders are a near-perfect situation to land in after Darren Waller was traded to New York Giants. There's little to no doubt that Mayer is the most complete tight end prospect among 2023 rookies when it comes to pass-kicking traits and blocking. Athletic ability or athleticism is the argument against him, although a 4.740 is in line with someone like Mark Andrews from a height-weight profile. We know Mark Andrews is a borderline top 2-3 tight end in football. He led, that being Mayer, all FBS tight ends in 2022 with 2.44 yards per out run, an insane number, while posting annual catch totals for Notre Dame of 42, 71, and 67. Mayer only has Austin Hooper and OJ Howard to beat on the Raiders depth chart, so his path to immediate reps at the NFL level should come fairly quickly out of the gate. Pick 2.39, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver, Carolina Panthers. He's 22, 6'2", 220, one of the rare big body receivers in this year's class. Mingo exceeded most draft capital expectations, yet it's not a huge surprise since his stock soared after a strong combine where he ran a 4.4640. He has glue for hands, a large catch radius, and those traits stood out most to me on his Ole Miss tape, along with obvious big playability. He should become Bryce Young's wide receiver one before long, or in the short term, Andy Dalton, but I'm not really buying the Andy Dalton starting for very long hype ahead of aging veterans like Adam Thielen or journeyman like DJ Chark and likely busts at this point in Terrace Marshall or even LaVista Chenault. Mingo is versatile and outside and slot threat. He did line up out wide for 75.3% of his college snaps. Worth noting, the Panthers front office went on record post-draft stating their belief is that Mingo will be a much better pro than college player, which is probably based on projected usage and volume. Mingo does have the body frame and skill set to become a one in real life. So this checks a lot of boxes for us in rookie drafts for a late first, early mid second, depending on one quarterback or super flex. Pick 2.42, Luke Musgrave, tight end, Green Bay Packers. He's 23 in September, 6'6", 253 pounds, large body frame here. It's odd that the Packers finally allocated early round draft capital to offensive talent once Aaron Rodgers was traded, yet here we are. It's Jordan Love's show. Musgrave dealt with a knee injury in 2022. It limited him to only two games played, and he never even eclipsed 22 receptions in a single season with Oregon State. That being said, his receiving chops stood out in film along with an impressive athletic profile, 4.6140 at 6'6", 253 is astounding. Luke projects as a move tight end that should help Green Bay stretch the seam downfield. He's a nice complement to the likes of Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Romeo Dobbs. Target share is my concern after the Packers added Jaden Reed 
More to come on him in a few seconds. And even Tucker Craft, which is interesting. I will talk about it more. But now, suddenly, Green Bay's depth chart is very crowded. Perhaps not with premium options, but depth does create more competition for volume. Musgrave is a bet on talent, not college production. And if he can just stay healthy, the sky's the limit for this kid. 2.50 was Jaden Reed, wide receiver to the Green Bay Packers. He's 23, 5'11", 187. I know some draft experts are head over heels with this pick. I'm not as optimistic or a huge Reed fan at this price point. I thought he was more of a third or fourth round pick. He's a winner from the Senior Bowl, thanks to Chris Brout running. That confirmed his production for Michigan State was no fluke. Reed went 59, 10, 26, 10 in 2021, followed suit in 2022 with a 55, 636, 5 receiving log. So production is certainly there to back up the draft capital. His role will depend on the rapid or slow development of Jordan Love as the Packers' new quarterback and faces competition on the depth chart at wide receiver alone in Watson and Dobbs, not to mention the other names I just spoke about when analyzing Luke Musgrave. I'm comfortable drafting Reed in the mid to late second of rookie drafts. If Jaden slides to the third, then he's a nice value, but... If he creeps to the late first in any format, consider me out based on his advanced age for a receiver, already 23, and Green Bay not knowing his identity post Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Jordan Love may or may not pan out. It's not a guarantee. At pick 2.52 overall, it was Zach Charbonnet running back Seattle Seahawks, 22 years old, 6 feet, 214 pounds. As a huge Charbonnet advocate since December, January, in terms of my podcast content, this landing spot is a flat-out bummer for fantasy purposes. Seattle's running back depth behind Kenneth Walker was indeed weak, but spending a second round pick to form what seems like an RBBC appears to be a waste of draft capital. Then again, I'm not paid to be a general manager. It's a shame that Charbonnet didn't have the chance to carve out a featured back role based on his resume out of UCLA. 195, 1359, 14 rushing line, good for seven yards per carry in 2022 alone, not to mention 75 career catches with an exciting athletic profile to back it up, 4.5340 yard dash. That complements his downhill slashing rushing style really well. At this point, we have to hope the Seahawks backfield turns into an Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon-esque timeshare between Walker and Charbonnet. One where Zach is utilized as a pass catcher due to reliable hands and pass protection experience. And I feel like that's where Seattle made this selection is that Kenneth Walker was never deemed to be a three-down weapon in terms of his passing game role or usage and even pass protection, pass blocking. That's where Charbonnet brings different elements to the table and it would not surprise me at all if it's a 50-50 split 60-40 either favoring Walker or Charbonnet it sounds like a legitimate competition based on the comments from Pete Carroll to this point that being said Charbonnet goes from being an early to mid first round pick in rookie drafts to a late first early second even in super flex I've been able to land him around 204 a few times in one quarterback ADP it seems like he goes after the big runner receivers like Jordan Addison Quang Johnston Zay Flowers so we're talking mid to late first. It makes sense at that price point, but realistically, we can't expect him to become a focal point of Seattle's offense when Kenneth Walker is already a special talent on his own. Their ability could be another factor to bring up based on Walker's injury history, but Charbonnet did not land in an optimal spot. But I'm betting on the talent and hopefully an RBBC with my selection of him in any format, granted with tempered expectations 2.55 was Rasheed Rice, wide receiver, Kansas City. He's 23, 6'1", 204, brings sides to the table. I was higher than most on Rice in my pre-draft rankings over on Patreon. It was production-based after he erupted for a 96, 13, 10 receiving log in 2022 with SMU. With Juju Smith-Schuster out of the picture in Kansas City, being selected by the Chiefs is ideal due to exposure to Patrick Mahomes, even if Kadarius Toney, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore now make for a very crowded receiver room 
Travis Kelsey, of course, as well as tight end. Rasheed's testing from the combine was likely a factor into his day two capital ahead of other notable receivers that were still on the board at the time. Again, 6'1", 204 with a 4.5140 yard dash, 41-inch vertical, and a 10-foot, 8-inch broad jump. As we know all too well, predicting the Chiefs wide receiver usage is borderline impossible. The landing spot itself makes Rice a bet on talent and situation as an advisable late first, early second round rookie draft pick for dynasty purposes. Where he lands on the target totem pole is completely up in the air, but what it sounds like is the Chiefs envision Rice as a replacement to Juju Schuster as a possession wideout with more size and physicality. Sign me up. Pick 2.58, Luke Schoonmaker, tight end, Dallas Cowboys. 25 September, older than you'd like to see, even older than Dalton Kincaid for a tight end prospect. Nonetheless, 6'5", 251 pounds. Personally, I view this pick as somewhat of a reach when both Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer were available to Dallas in the first round. Schoonmaker was not overly productive for Michigan, did not surpass 35 catches in a single season, but like Luke Musgrave, was able to flash potential of highly coveted receiving skills for a tight end who is also willing and able to block. And that is invaluable when it comes to pass and run blocking in the NFL, keeping a tight end on the field for over 90% of snaps. Whether or not Schoonmaker unseats Jake Ferguson or even Peyton Hendershot for the Cowboys tight end one in short order remains to be seen. One of them should be the replacement of Dalton Schultz. And Schultz isn't an exceptional talent. It's more of a scheme-based fit for the position next to Dak Prescott. So I do think that any of Ferguson, Hendershot, or Schoonmaker could become Schultz 2.0 for the sake of this offense. My instant reaction is that I won't be spending a premium on Schoonmaker in rookie drafts. In fact, I'd rather wait for other names I'll talk about later in this episode and even next week. Even so, Dallas and the front office clearly have plans for Schoonmaker allocating a second-round pick to his services for a soon-to-be 25-year-old rookie at the position. Pick 2.61, Brenton Strange, tight end Jacksonville, 23 in December, 6'4", 253. Strange was generating a ton of pre-draft buzz, and it was clearly spot on, right? Brenton is an adept blocker with upside and improves the pass catcher. He posted a 32, 362, five-line last season with Penn State. Evan Ingram was brought back on the franchise tag. There's been talks of an extension, nothing to this point. So Strange could be a long-term solution at the position for Jacksonville or more of an H-back thanks to his athletic profile of a 4.740, 36-inch vertical, and 10-foot-4-inch broad jump. So yes, Ingram and Strange can coexist together. Brenton is a top priority for me in tight end premium leagues in the third, fourth round if I miss out on Mayer, Kincaid, Laporta, even Schoonmaker. I'd rather select Strange in the third or fourth round of ADP than reach for Schoonmaker in the second. And Todd McShay, who I value his opinion very highly from ESPN as a scout and analyst, said that Strange, this is post-draft, but even he was high in him pre-draft, could be the most underrated player in the entire draft and that a lot of Penn State coaches and alumni think that he's one of the best prospects at the position to declare out of that school or even in this year's class in quite some time. Is it hyperbole? Possibly. But if you fire up some tape on Strange, you'll see what they're talking about. He was underutilized, but his body frame, his blocking ability, and the upside as a pass catcher really do foreshadow success at the NFL level. And a second-round draft pick in real life does so even more on a now-ascending Jacksonville passing attack led by Trevor Lawrence. So Strange is someone to target if he slides in your drafts around the third or fourth round, specifically in tight end premium formats. Pick 2.63, the last pick of the second round, for fans purposes, it's relevant, is Marvin Mims, wide receiver, Denver Broncos. He's only 21 years old, 5'11", 183. With all the Jerry Judy and Corwin Sutton trade rumors this offseason, it's no surprise to see Sean Payton and company prioritize wide receiver in the second round. Mims is a speedster, 4.3840, 
with versatility to play inside, outside, or even on special teams. Size, it's a possible issue. Based on draft capital, Marvin could have the inside track to wide receiver three duties over Tim Patrick or even KJ Hamler at some point in 2023. While the short-term outlook for Mims is a bit cloudy, he's a clear bet on talent while averaging 20.1 yards per catch for Oklahoma in 2022. And get this, 16.2% of his catches went for 40 more yards. He is a big play machine, smart target in the second round rookie drafts, regardless of format, one quarterback or super flex. And Sean Payton was quoted into describing the role he envisioned for Mims being special. What that means, we need much more clarity. Yet it seems likely that Marvin will have a year one role, even if it's in limited capacity, alongside Judy Sutton, Patrick Hamler. Then again, the entire offense and fantasy value is contingent on Russell Wilson mounting back in 2023. It's time for a quick break. I'll be back to discuss round three of the NFL draft from a fantasy football point of view. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pick 3.68, Hendon Hooker, quarterback to Detroit Lions. He's 25, 6'3", 217. Received some first-round buzz and speculation before sliding further than expected. Solid landing spot for the future since Jared Goff is technically a UFA in 2025, but there's been contract extension talks already presented. Not out of the question that Hooker sees some year one reps, yet it makes more sense for him to be eased in while recovering from his torn ACL. Tennessee's scheme in college is based off of RPOs, play action, so an extreme spread offense that isn't necessarily transferable to the NFL. That means that Hooker's tape and even Jalen Hyatt, Tucker Tillman, comes with a grain of salt. Hooker is a career 66.9 completion percentage passer in college. Touchdown interception ratios of 31 to 3, 27 to 2 over his final two campaigns. And that showcases his sound decision making downfield. 517 rushing attempts with both Virginia Tech and Tennessee puts him on the map as a dual threat weapon as well. Now, age is the main concern. 25, going to be 26, not to mention how quickly he can start and or ramp up to contend or compete with Jared Goff. But if Jared Goff plays well and Detroit is competitive in 2023, then why would the Lions fix what's not broken? All those factors in play, I view Hennon Hooker as a solid investment in Superflex come the mid to late second round, depending on who's available. And in one quarterback, probably third round or beyond. Pick 3.69, Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver, Houston, 24 in October, a bit older than we'd like to see for a receiver prospect, but the size, 5'8", 165. Dell's small stature did not stop him from flat out dominating with Clayton Toon at Houston with catch totals of 90 109 over the past two years. How about 29 touchdowns over that span as well? Creates easy separation, expected to play the slot as a pro due to his size limitations. He joins a fairly crowded receiver room in Houston with Nico Collins, John Mechie, Robert Woods. He does bring value on punt returns, which could help him earn meaningful snaps right away. Nine for 153 and a touchdown in 2022 as a punt returner. And that could be the path to playing time he needs to start. Or based on the information we now know, CJ Stroud asking the Texans to draft Dell. The two seem to have a nice rapport. He could be a starter from week one. Either way you spin it, Nathaniel Dell has a few obstacles working against him, such as age and size. But if he receives volume and executes on said volume, it's not going to matter. He'll thrive. 
Pick 3.71 was Kendra Miller, running back to the Saints. He's 21 in June, still only 20 years old. That's phenomenal from a dynasty point of view. 5'11", 215, makes for an ideal build at running back. Youth, that stands out to start. Then factor in the possible opportunity year one with Alvin Kamara facing a suspension and his age 28 campaign. It's simple to get excited about Miller, both short and long term with New Orleans. There is Jamal Williams, and he's an initial rollback to volume. He's also entering, though, his age 28 season. So Kamara and Jamal Williams both in the back nine of their NFL shelf lives. Kendra is a big play machine. He scored 17 rushing touchdowns in 2022 for TCU while averaging 6.2 yards per clip across 224 rushing attempts. On tape, Miller looks as if he's being shot out of a cannon at times when it comes to rushes. Superb contact balance. In fact, 816 yards after contact last year per PFF. Projecting Miller... As a three-down back is my only hesitation, 29 career receptions in school at TCU and was more of an early-down grinder. But in terms of pure landing spots for a rookie in 2023 at running back, Kendra Miller is a big winner post-draft and will be in the first-round conversation, especially in one-quarterback leagues for rookie drafts in Dynasty. Pick 3.73, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, New York Giants. He's 22 in September, 6 feet, 176 pounds. Hyatt was my wide receiver two pre-draft, and I've had to adjust that post-draft since NFL talent evaluators did not agree. Regardless, the Giants are a nice situation to land in. Based on set of tools, Jalen could become the Gabe Davis of Brian DeBall's passing attack with the Giants. Hyatt's size speed profile, 4.440 yard dash, and I think he has faster game speed than that actually, coupled with big play talent, are what intrigue me most about what he brings to the field. He's not a complete route runner, but despite some claims, Jalen does offer short, intermediate, vertical elements to his game. At this point, he needs to develop a bit more. He erupted for a 67 1267-15 law for Tennessee in 2022 alongside Hedden Hooker. That's thanks mostly to the aforementioned spread offense that focuses on play action, RPOs. That being said, Hyatt's run and catch ability rank among the best of 2023 rookie receivers. Initially, Hyatt might struggle to carve out a meaningful role based on New York's packed wideout room of Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, Stillian Shepard. Not necessarily great names, but it's depth. And not to mention Darren Waller, who's been a priority offseason addition for the Giants roster. I've been in a few rookie drafts completed so far, and Hyatt sliding in Superflex to as late as the third round, and in one quarterback has been settling in around a second-round pick. So he's a bit all over the map, and I think it's subjective. I'm in on Hyatt in hopes he becomes what Daniel Jones has needed for quite some time, a downfield threat with game-changing big playability. Pick 3.74, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver Cleveland, 23 years old. He's 6'3", 213. Tillman was drafted right after his former college teammate in Jalen Hyatt to a similar depth chart scenario where he might not be or see an immediate path to playing time alongside Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones. The long-term upside is appealing in tandem with Deshaun Watson and what is being advertised as a pass-centric offense for the Browns in 2023 by Kevin Stefanski. Cedric emerged in 2021 with a 64-10-81-12 receiving line before appearing in only six games in 2022 while dealing with a lingering ankle sprain. Tillman offers Cleveland size at wide receiver, coupled with underrated speed, 4.5440, and is physical against defenders. Cooper, Moore, and DPJ have locked in roles, you'd assume. We'll see about David Bell as a sophomore. Tillman is a nice dart throw come the third round. Selecting him any higher, such as a second, seems like a bit of a reach, unless you're really sold on the talent. Pick 3.78, Tucker Craft, tight end of Green Bay, 23 in November. He's 6'5", 254. The Packers selecting Kraft around after Musgrave doesn't make a lot of sense and actually reminds me of when New England drafted both Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene in the third round back in 2020. Hopefully Musgrave and Kraft produce better results for the Packers than what we saw in New England with their tight end duo years ago. 
Tucker posted a standout campaign with South Dakota State in 2021, 65-7736, but regressed in 2022 due to an ankle injury. He's a freak athlete, 4.69 40-yard dash with adept catch-and-run talent. He served mostly as an inline role during college while showing some versatility lineup in a slot or out wide. Loose comparisons are being drawn to Dallas Goddard since each went to the same school and faced FCS competition, and both due to a lot of damage underneath and the flat across the seam, so the parallels and similarities make sense. I think Tucker Craft's a solid alternative to target in the third round of rookie drafts if you miss out on the 2023 studs or even someone like Brandon Strange, who I talked up a little bit ago. I've seen Craft slide to as far as the fourth, tight end premium, get boosted a bit, but he has not been a priority when you have Mayer, Kincaid, or Laporta at a higher ADP with more production expected immediately. Pick 3.79, one of the best values in my mind of the draft in real life. Josh Downs, wide receiver, Indianapolis, 22 in August, 5'9", 171. Most plugged in to draft circles, expected Downs to slot into the second round selection. So him sliding to third is somewhat of a surprise. If you believe in Anthony Richardson's development as a passer, then Downs has a path to rookie relevancy in fantasy as a Colts possible wide receiver three next to Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. The best part about it is Pittman and Pierce and Downs all bring different pros, cons, characteristics to the offense. So they're not necessarily going to hurt one another's playing time. They can all be featured in their own role, respectively. Josh should man the slot for Indianapolis like he did for North Carolina with catch totals of 101 in 2021, 94 in 2022, with 19 touchdowns over that two-season span. Downs is a quick twitch route runner with adept change direction skills, plays tough with a physical approach to the position. Think early career Jarvis Landry for a fair comparison. If he slides to the third round, which has happened to multiple times of my 12-team leagues, Superflex that I've been in so far, that's an absolute smash auto draft. He's more of a late second, possibly even mid-second, depending on who's on the board at that time, if you're in full PPR. Granted, one quarterback for Superflex is a big debate with ADP in 2023 because Young, Richardson, Stroud, and eventually Levis, even Hooker, shake things up and allow running backs, receivers, tight ends to slide. It's a tangent, but the point I'm trying to get across is Downs is really slipping, which I think is a mistake. I'm trying to capitalize it anywhere during the draft or even post-draft. Pick 3.81, Tajay Spears, running back Tennessee, 22 in June, 5'10", 201. Spears is a pre-draft favorite for most of the fantasy football community, and third-round draft capital suggests that perception was accurate. I don't usually have a do not draft list. If I did, though, Spears might be on it from a medical perspective, medical only. I want to make that crystal clear. During draft week, it became known that Tajay doesn't have an ACL on one of his knees from two previous tears, in addition to arthritis. Both of those are a possible recipe for disaster, as some in league circles think he won't be able to last longer than a few years in the NFL, perhaps even on or beyond his rookie contract. Red flags all around. If Spears becomes a screaming value, such as late, late second or third in rookie drafts, then he's worth the gamble or short-term upside as a dynamic playmaker for contenders who excelled at Tulane from his stop-start ability with angular rushing lanes. And if you watch film, you know what I'm talking about. That make him a unique running back prospect. Tajay posted a strong 229, 1581, 19 rushing effort last season, 6.9 yards per clip. That was Chock full of big plays. He also had 48 career receptions in school. Derrick Henry does turn 30 next January. The wheels will fall off that bus eventually. So Spears could begin his Titans tenure as a change of pace weapon and eventually earn a more established role. But from a price perspective, he's been going for the most part early mid-second. I'm out because of the knee injury history. Pick 3.84, Devon A-Chain, running back Miami. 22 in October, he's 5'8", a buck 88. 
A-Chain is a firecracker with a ball in his hands. He's a running back with dominant athletic and production profile. Usually you don't have both of those. Usually it's one or the other. A-Chain has both. 4.3240, a 196, 1102, eight rushing line in 2022, 5.6 yards per carry with 65 collegiate receptions. Size is the negative with this outlook. Then again, it sounds like Miami head coach Mike McDaniel pounded the table for the Dolphins to target A-Chain in the third round. Devon's top traits outside of home run speed are agility and burst. In terms of backfield competition, Raheem Mostert is 31 years old, Jeff Wilson, 28 this November, neither of which are a long-term threat to A-Chain's usage or ceiling. Based on how McDaniel has utilized the speed of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, both of which are undersized for receivers, I'm confident that A-Chain's skill set will be maximized as a pro despite the smaller body frame for a running back. He is a fine selection in the mid to late first for a one quarterback league or in that first second turn in Superflex. Pick 3.88, Tank Bigsby, running back to Jacksonville. 22 in August, 6 feet, 210 pounds, really good build. Jacksonville head coach Doug Peterson was not lying when he envisioned a 2-3 to three running back rotation for the Jaguars. We thought that might have been a day three prospect after Dearness Johnson was brought in as a free agent. Not the case. Bigsby, day two pick, and he brings early down tools from Auburn to push for RB2 duties behind Chef CTN. And Bigsby's a power back. Tank is built like just that a tank. Runs tall, initiates contact, makes chunk gains look effortless like Sony Michelle in his prime. Delivered a 179, 970, 10 rushing log last year. 62 catches across three years of school gives him feature back upside. As an ETN owner, I'm not panicking. I'm slightly worried about overall volume, especially red zone work. ETN was not all that efficient in the red zone last season. On the flip side, I don't think a third round pick late at that is a threat to tank overtaking ETN as Jacksonville's RB1. But Bigsby does bring a no-nonsense rushing attack to the fold, which I'm sure Doug Peterson is a fan of. Pick 3.93 is Darnell Washington, tight end of Pittsburgh, 22 in August, 6'7", 264 pounds, large human being here, arguably the most athletic tight end in recent memory with a 4.6440 with that body size. Washington slipped farther than anticipated compared to his 2023 rookie peers. The Steelers aren't an ideal spot for projected target share with Pat Fryermuth locked in as a near every down tight end. Darnell, though, was a terrific blocker. So the Steelers essentially drafted an offensive lineman who catches passes and moves after the catch like a running back or wide receiver. Former five-star recruit who would have likely dominated in any other college program not named Georgia. Washington was overshadowed by his former teammate and superstar tight end prospect Brock Bowers, who's going to be highly coveted in 2024's rookie class. I expect a limited role for Darnell, likely short yardage and or red zone usage on the horizon. Pick 3.94, Michael Wilson, wide receiver, Arizona. He's 23, 6'2", 213. Wilson was a senior bowl standout and a talk of the town in Mobile, Alabama all week during practices, which evidently paid off with day two draft capital. Bet on talent over college output. Injuries limited him with games played per year since 2020 of four, four, and six. Interesting depth chart to answer with DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown atop the pecking order. A little behind them, unless Rondale Moore takes a major step forward, he's been a bust so far in his NFL tenure. Pick 3.100, Trey Tucker, wide receiver to the Raiders. He's 22, 5'9", 182. I had Tucker ranked very low in my pre-draft content, so a third-round pick in real life caught me by surprise. Has great wheels, 4.440. Operates in a slot with kick and pump return experience from Cincinnati, where he is coming off of a 52 672 three receiving line hard to forecast him for much if any fantasy relevance though behind Devonte adams jacoby myers hunter renfro even michael mayer so tucker for the most part is not being drafted outside of fourth or fifth round 
in 10 or 12 team rookie drafts. If he is undrafted in your league, then sure, scoop him, add him after the fact, and stash. And then finally, pick 3.101 to round out this week's show. Cameron Latou, tight end to the 49ers. He's 23, 6'4", 242. Latou was an afterthought in Alabama's passing attack due to embarrassment of riches over the past few years at wide receiver, even running back for the Crimson Tide. Catch totals of 26 in 2021, 30 in 2022. Young did start to rely a bit more on Latou, that being Bryce Young, as a security blanket as time progressed. But Cameron was never relied on as a de facto go-to weapon for Alabama. Based on George Kittle's injury history and age, he'll be 30 in October, the 49ers are a nice destination for the two services, particularly with third-round draft capital. One of my favorite fourth-round targets or later in tight end premium formats. He's a cheap alternative to meeting the market price of a first or second-round rookie in ADP this year. And the upside is legitimate in terms of what he could be as a second tight end in this offense long-term. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch prioritized tight end in the third round when they could have pivoted elsewhere, and that should be meaningful to us from a fantasy lens. That will do it. It was a jam-packed episode. It took so much time to coordinate behind the scenes, but I hope you enjoyed it. Second and third round are complete. Day two in the books. Next week is day three, rounds four to seven. We'll also be a bit longer in episode length than usual, but that's the beauty of this time of the year when there's so much to cover. Any follow-up questions, you know where to go. That's patreon.com or the Patreon mobile app for instant access to one bonus episode per week, unlimited direct message ability to send me your questions, rookie drafts, startup drafts, trades, you name it. And perhaps most important this time of year, my rookie rankings, post-draft and Excel spreadsheet in audio form. You don't want to miss out for only 4 to $5 per month at a minimum. Patreon is a spot to be. Even further, if you want to take your team to the next level, Consider taking advantage of my 23% off roster call Google Meet promotion for the month of May, 30 minutes, one hour. Hit me up on social media, Dynasty Pod on Instagram or Twitter, The Dynasty Dude on Facebook, or send me an email, dynastypod at gmail.com to get that scheduled. My calendar fills up quick with those roster calls, so don't hesitate. If you're on the fence, at least inquire, and I can describe to you how it works. Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, consider dropping a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or clicking those five stars over on Spotify. Helps the show out tremendously when people search for Fantasy Football Podcasts. Until next time, this is the Dynasty Duke checking out. Talk to you all next week. See ya! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.